Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. I'm only going to speak for a few minutes, and I know you might find that hard to believe if you've been here a while. Just a few minutes uh, talking about the middle of the story today on Easter Sunday, because as I've already said, uh, the middle of the story is often a strange, difficult, and pretty much always uncomfortable place to find yourself. Is that, can I get an amen, get a nod? Is that true? Middle of the story is uncomfortable. Uh, We like to get through the middle of the story as fast as we can. So the most successful New Year's resolution I've ever made is this year. And I decided I was every night I'm going to leave my phone in another room off charging and I'm going to read fiction at bedtime. That's what I'm going to use to wind down. I'm still doing it. Absolutely loving reading a book at bedtime. Should have done it a long time ago. If you're younger than me, I'm 36. Uh, Turn your phone off, leave it in another room and do something else at bedtime. It will change your life. My sleep's transformed since I started doing it, but that's another message for another day. We like to get through the story as fast as we can. And the number of nights I sit there and I go, just one more chapter. And I read another chapter. Just one more chapter. Because you don't want to stop in the middle of the story. I don't get people that can pause a film one day and finish it the next day. Like, who are you weird people that can do that? You can't stop in the middle of the story. We need to get through. I want to find the resolution. I want to find out what happens I want to discover who done it or if the couple get together. I want to see the bad guys win. Uh, sorry, the good guys win. Ah, the good guys win uh, against all odds. Ah, just one more chapter. Just one more episode. We don't like the middle of the story. But friends, the middle of the story is important. Without it, there is no story. And in our lives... The middle of the story is where we spend nearly all of our time. And so I want to read two very well-known stories from the life of Jesus for us. If you've got a Bible, you're probably going to need it because I haven't lined up the words. Um, We're going to be in Luke, going to read a couple of verses in Luke chapter 7, one story, and then a few more verses in Luke chapter 8 from another story. So we're going to read Luke 7 from verse 11 to begin with and stop where I stop. Notice reading ahead. Verse 11, Luke chapter seven. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, who was herself a widow. She's got no one left. A large crowd from the town was with her. Verse 13, when the Lord Jesus saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. When you turn the page in your Bible, Uh, It's two pages in mine, Luke chapter 8. Going to pick up another story, verse 
41. It says, then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus's feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Jesus goes on his way and another story, another encounter interrupts. We'll pick it up again in verse 49. It says, whilst Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father, Jairus, and her mother. We like the end of these stories because there's incredible miracles. But what I want to suggest to us today is that there is something perhaps even more amazing for us to notice in the middle of the story. You see, in the very difficult extremely uncomfortable middles of these stories where people are desperate and broken and hurting, we find that Jesus is moved in his heart by the pain of the people he encounters. In these stories, he knows what's going to happen. He acts with absolute assurance. He could skip to the end. He could just one more chapter his way through real quick. But he doesn't. He pauses. He notices the people. He speaks words of kindness and compassion because that's who Jesus is. He is kind and compassionate. He's not only moved in heart, but himself, he physically moves towards people. He walks towards the woman in the funeral. Uh, he, he, he walks with Jairus and moves everybody else out of the way so that he can be just with him and his wife. He moves towards people physically with love and with comfort and with hope. Friends, although there is an amazing miracle at the end of both stories, both children are raised to life, spoiler alert, God is not just at work at the end of these stories. In the middle in the difficulty, in the desperation, in the discomfort. Jesus is at work. He brings hope. He's redeeming. He's building and rebuilding. He's reaching and offering his life-transforming power and love. You know, in many stories that we read, there's a, a final twist at the end where you discover that one of the characters is not who you thought they were. It's the end of every Scooby-Doo episode, isn't it, where the baddie takes off the mask and it, you know, it's somebody else. You only discover who the character is truly at the end. But in the story of Jesus, that's not the case. The Jesus you encounter again and again all the way through is the same Jesus repeatedly 
consistently throughout the story, full of kindness and compassion. It's not, first of all, about the miracle. Luke hasn't written these down solely because of the miracle. No, he's written these stories down because they reveal who Jesus is and what he's like. In the middle of the story, we find a Jesus who's kind and compassionate, who's moved in heart and moves towards people. Friends, because Jesus is alive, he is the same today and does the same today. I don't know what the picture of God in your mind's eye, in your head is like, but here in the middle of the story, we discover that God is kind and full of compassion. Sometimes in our desperation to skip to the end of stories, to find out what happens, we miss the most incredible revelation of what God is like and what he's doing in the middle of the story. Friends, wherever you are in your story, Jesus, the most incredible person to ever walk the earth, is working in kindness and compassion and love. We've got a third video today to show you now. It's a poem written by our very own Lindsay Mould. It was part of the Darkness to Light exhibition that Hope ran a couple of years ago, and it's her sharing about encountering this Jesus in the middle of the story. So Sam and Ed, could we do the magic for a moment? Thank you. He sits with me in the darkness, right by my side, holding my hand, guiding me through, closest friend. He sits with me in the darkness and speaks to me, whispering hope, whispering love, wonderful counsellor. He sits with me in the darkness, a glimmer of light, life to my soul, eternal hope, light of the world. He sits with me in the darkness and strengthens me, day by day, moment by moment, breath of life. He sits with me in the darkness and sings over me, songs of love, words of truth, lover of my soul. He sits with me in the darkness and never leaves. He weeps with me, he laughs with me, ever-present help. He sits with me in the darkness and calls my name. He knows me. He sees me. Voice of heaven. He sits with me in the darkness and I whisper his name. Jesus. Jesus. And the darkness begins to fade. There's a power in poetry, 
it isn't there. And you see, the power and wonder of Jesus working in the middle of the story is not that we can trust the process, not that we're going to be better at the end of it, not that we can learn a lesson every day. This isn't about the power of positive thinking. The power and wonder of Jesus working in the middle of the story is that in him, the end of the story is utterly assured. He knows the end. And it will be beautiful. He sits with us. He leads us. He walks with us. Today, Easter Sunday, we'd normally preach a bit of a different message, a triumphant message of life from death and sins washed away and victory. And yes, absolutely. And amen. But friends. It's the same Jesus who walks with us in the middle of the story. He's not someone distant who flicks a switch and it all changes. No, no, he enters the mess. He enters the pain. He enters the desperation and the discomfort of the middle of the story. Friends, today we celebrate because we know that he has beaten evil and sin and sickness and death. We know the day is coming when they will be completely erased. Yet we know that surrounding us on all sides are those things right now. Yet we're not alone. God is not absent. God is not far away. The call of today, the call of Easter Sunday in the middle of the story is to trust the one who knows the end of the story. To follow the one who has written the end of the story. To place your hand in his and to walk with Jesus. In a moment, we're going to share uh, bread. This is bread, if you don't know, and wine together in communion. What I've said so far uh, this morning in my message is very much a message of encouragement for Christians. It's part of the story. If you're with us today and you wouldn't necessarily consider yourself a Christian or if you're new to all this, I want to be extra clear. Jesus is not just an encourager. He's not a super life coach. And his resurrection from the dead is not myth or fable that teaches us about a nice way to live. No, the end of both stories I read earlier is that Jesus moves towards people and they receive life. They're utterly transformed the message of christianity the christian story is that as we respond to jesus the same happens in us we receive life that utterly transforms who we are the death of jesus and his resurrection changes everything definite moments historically verifiable they happened and they changed lives today it's what we heard about in the video just before I started speaking. Today, as we come and as we eat the bread in communion, we're declaring that we are united with Jesus. We're declaring that his life is our life, that we are completely joined to him. As we drink the wine or the juice, whatever you have, we're declaring that it's his blood that was shared, which gives us life and always will this isn't just a testimony about this moment 
This is a declaration about now and forever. It's why taking communion together is an act of great comfort in the middle of the story. We are united with this incredible Jesus and he will never leave us.